Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to anyone listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We have been friends for over 15 years, and every single week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. We never miss a week. And we do it live at uh, Mixler.com slash Afterthought Media, M-I-X lr.com slash afterthought media every sunday morning at 9 a.m pacific mm-hmm. 12 p.m eastern yeah 12 yeah 12 p.m eastern uh join the chat uh stick around for some after breakfast tea mm-hmm. live at mixler.com slash afterthought media yeah very good you no know, mike lawson before we get into all our you know we, we have so many stories to cover today both you and i <laughs> just we could do four shows based uh-huh. on our stories but before we do any of that I need to give a huge, weird, it's a weird shout-out, Mike Lawson. I don't want to give his full name. I don't know if he wants his full name on the air, but a listener of ours named Robert. Okay? okay. So, what you guys don't know is, you know, I brought, well, you guys know I run a nonprofit called uh, Undergrad Prep, and we'll get to that in a second. And um, Jordan Darling, catching up Jordan Darling, he very kindly, just out of nowhere, bought uh, a book, an SAT book from our wish list on Amazon.com and sent it to us, which was really weird already because um friend of the show, Shane, you know, he's a teacher in Oakland, Mike. Yeah. He had, we and I had worked out that he was going to teach like, you know, five or six kids ACT. I'm not ACT, SAT, right? Using your material. Yeah, well, yeah. And I said, oh, we'll buy the books for you. Okay. Right? So Jordan sends the book, and I'm like, oh, that's great, and I just need five more, right? Cool. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, no announcement, I get a box of five SAT books from yeah. listener Robert, because he heard me thank Jordan Darling on the air for five SAT books. And so okay. it's weird that we needed exactly five, and he sent exactly – we were just going to buy it, you know? Mm-hmm. And he, so like – Thank you, Jordan Darling and listener Robert. I don't know if you know what your last name out there. These okay. ki- these six kids in Oakland are now going to have SAT books thanks to you. Now, by the way, if you're listening, you're like, wow, I wish I could do something. Yeah. We need – what's so funny, I did a little call on Facebook, a little uh, thing on Facebook for like we needed 15 or 16 ACT books. Everyone on Facebook was so generous. I already got 13 of them. We still need three. So you can go to undergradprep.org and the top right button it says books or something. Mike Lawson made the button for me. Do you remember what it is? It's like It says wish list. Wish so you list. Click that, it'll take you right to the Amazon link. You pay, yeah. ship it to Joe directly. It's easy. Yeah, it goes it goes to me directly. You don't need to know my address. It's right there. You, all we need is three books. They're $22 each. Buy one book. We just need three, right? And that will be fantastic. Thank you guys so much for doing that, even though no one's done anything. But like, uh, thank you. For everyone who does anything, you know, uh, the books came to the house and my mom was like, not even joking. Like, Mike Lawson, think about it. Like, first of all, if anybody buys one book, I am moved beyond belief. Like, I am gobsmacked, right? 
But my mom sees like the 15 books or 13 books, ACT books that arrive at the house because different people bought one book. So it's a big stack of boxes, right? Of one book. Yeah. And she goes, Mike, it's 13. Okay. She goes, mm-hmm. you have this many listeners? <laughs> it, it's, I mean, she's complimenting you. <laughs> 13 books. You have this many listeners? If you don't want to buy a book for the nonprofit, you could also make a financial uh, donation. Oh, you sure can. Donate link yeah, on the and, page, right? And there's a donation link on the page, too. We always appreciate that, too. We use that to uh, not buy books. So anyway, no, we do it for other – there are all sorts of costs associated with yeah. the program. And so that helps, too. Thank you, Mike, for plugging that. Okay. So, um, okay, what's going on with you, Mike Lawson? <laughs> well – just kind of nothing. Uh, really, almost uh, no stories to tell, Joey. I. Uh, what are you going on next week, Mike Lawson? <laughs> seriously, <laughs> let's wrap this shit up. Yeah, we we. I just have been living like a very normal, boring life, but I'm not mad about it. Like, mm-hmm. I go to the gym, I go to work, I am not spending a penny anywhere. Like, I'm mm-hmm. trying to be super frugal. Mm-hmm. So, like. I'm doing it, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't create for good podcast stories. I did yeah. the other day, though. Um, so I'm at this new gym, mm-hmm. San Francisco kind of gym with a different vibe than the gym that I've been going to for the past five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a locker system, which I appreciate. It kind of like is a – you put your shit in it, you close it, and then you like create your own uh, passcode. Yeah. You don't need to bring a lock, but your oh, shit is God. secure yeah. the whole time, right? Which is mm-hmm. nice. But they're a little bit tricky, and you have to, like, dial the numbers weird, whatever. So I put all my stuff in it. Um, I, So I've been going before work. I worked out. had no problems getting into the locker after my workout. I get naked. I go to the shower, Joey. Mm-hmm. I shower. I come back. I'm wearing a towel and uh, shower shoes. Mm-hmm. And I can't get the locker open. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm naked with mm-hmm. a towel around me. Yeah. But I'm naked. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, I need you to know, open. You know, like right now, R.C. Martinez and half of our audience is fe- feverishly masturbating right now just by you saying that. Stupid. And so I'm naked and I can't get into the locker. So I need to go to the front desk. Mm-hmm. But I'm not about to walk through the gym naked. Right? What would yeah. you do? What would you do? Um, well, first of all, I wish I would have had this pulled up when you're talking about the shower. Here we go. I was, I was feverishly trying to get to this song at the time, but I didn't. I'll tell you what Do I you shower at a gym? Have we already talked about this? Yeah, when I had my nice gym, I did. When I went to the nice gym, okay. it was very, very meant for like people who like, you know, it's very bougie. So, yeah. uh, you know, it was, it was well done. So you're asking, what did you, what, what would I do in this case where I have a towel wrapped? Well, you have a towel wrapped around you. Yeah, but you're just a towel, and I'm wet, and I'm naked. Like, I'm I'm naked. I'm not – it's not – it is a towel, but I'm naked still. Um, Here's what I do. I would take out that fucking huge trouser snake of mine and just sit there and stroke it until the cops came and told them about the problem. <laughs> Um, then they'd go to jail. Yeah, then you go to jail. But at least you know you get this locker problems. Um, they'd help you get in the locker. That's yeah. true. 
Um, what would it I was do? such that, it was that, that so is a hard one. I'm, trying, I'm really trying to think of what I would do. You know what I would do? Here's what I would honestly do. Here's what I would honestly do. I would go to someone that had a kind face, who hadn't, who was either dressed because they had just taken a shower or yeah. But we're in the men's locker room. Nobody's looking at faces. Like nobody. No, well, you have to. This case, you have to go to someone who's probably leaving. Yeah, probably someone who's leaving. It's easier for them. Okay. But who's, yeah. getting, who's cleaned and washed and ready to go? Like, you, know, you know, when you go out, can you have uh, tell some tell them your problem and have someone yes. come in and help me? That's what I would yes. do. Yes. You're a genius because that's exactly where where my mind went. Okay. Uh, and since we're both geniuses, that makes sense. But I didn't actually have to get that far. But uh, there were like a couple of minutes which is a very long time when you're standing naked and you don't have a phone to like pretend like you're busy doing something like i'm just standing there for two minutes Mm -hmm. watching people change and there was a dude kind of near my locker who was watching me get frustrated with being unable to open it so he kind of knew what was going on so I was like eyeing him. He was almost done. So I was going to tell him like, hey, would you mind when you get to the front desk telling them that I'm locked out? Mm-hmm. And praise the Lord. Um, as kind of as I'm like trying to waste time without making eye contact with, but also like just standing there doing nothing mm-hmm. and being really awkward. The uh, janitor walked in to the uh, locker room. Oh, so he, yeah, I, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, man, what happened? <laughs> and then uh, he unlocked my locker eventually. He had to I get bet he did. Out. It was a long time. Was it? I'll put How... it this way. My hair was like almost dry by the time I finally oh, got into the locker. Yeah. got to take care talk, of everything. Talk slower, Lawson. Stupid. <laughs> so anyway, um, that happened. And uh, Joey, I that's my... That's, is like the most exciting thing that happened to me in the past week. That's actually a pretty exciting story. I'm not going to lie. Look, by the way, remember the episode we did a really short episode? Like 30 minutes or something? Yeah. Someone told me, a couple people told me actually, like, hey, I actually kind of liked it. It's kind of good to mix it up. It doesn't only have to be long. It, it should go its natural length. And yeah, uh, I appreciate it. So, two, yeah, friend, two friends call catching one up. Another. So if it's only a 25-minute show, it's only a 25-minute show. Hint. So anyway, um, uh, so you know what? I, so you have no other stories. You're being honest. I'm completely honest. Okay. I only really have one story, too. So do why don't it. we do that? Do our one news story, which we both know what that news story is, and mm-hmm. then get out. We might have a lot to say about that news story. So because I have a lot of thoughts on it. Okay. T-H-O-T's. Yeah. That hoe over there. Okay. So. I'm gonna. This is an ethical question, actually. Okay, this is an ethical dilemma, and it was one I posed to all my friends, and even including my parents, actually, who came up with the right solution. Strangely, so I want your thoughts on this, and I actually think I know where you're going to go on this. So I'm talking to adopted son of the show, Armando, right? Yeah, and we're just chit chatting, catching up, blah blah blah, you know. And we're talking. I don't remember why the size of Stanford's campus, as opposed to like Berkeley or something, came. I don't remember why, but he was talking about how uh, Stanford's campus is surprisingly large for how few students it has. Okay, he needs and- a bike. Oh, we're go. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. So a- as he's telling me about this, he says, um, "Yeah, it's like e- e- like it- it's even far on a bike, like." Um, oh. my ass hurts even after uh riding on the bike I stole. 
And I go, wait, 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 what? I go, did you steal a bike? And he goes, yeah. And I and I get really angry. I don't know if you know that I hate theft. Like, I am so like I'm so uh, like so firm on this. Right to me, it's very black and white. You know. Mm-hmm. And so we go back and forth. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. He goes, I don't really think I stole the bike. Okay, so here's where the ethical dilemma comes in, Mike Lawson. Here's the story. He and found I, it? Well, close. So could we just present this to John Paul yesterday? John Paul was kind enough to get me and Armando and his girlfriend into California Adventure yesterday. So we, the four of us spent the day together at California Adventure. Even though, oh. God bless John Paul, by the way, he was so sick and he still did it. I'm like, John, you should have just canceled. Yeah. Anyway. Or signed you guys in and took off. Yeah. So anyway, um, so we went to lunch first before we went. And... um. So, so I just I, Armando reminded me of the facts, and here they are. In uh, in August, Armando gets to school, or no, September. But he saw that in August, the police there was a, a, a an old rundown bike just parked there, and the Stanford police had put all these notes on it saying, "If you don't move this bike by like September fifteenth, let's say, we're going to impound this bike." So Armando kind of clocks this. And he keeps seeing his bike as he goes back and forth. And then finally, like, September 15th has come and gone, right? Now it's yeah. like September 20-something. The notes are still there. So Armando thinks to himself, like, you know what? These cops are eventually going to take game. the bike. I'm just going to take the bike. So yeah. I told him, if you take something that isn't yours, it's stealing. Okay? Um, but what is? It? But he says otherwise. And I pulled my friends, and I would say about it was 50-50. So where do you fall on this, Mike Lawson? Look, the bike was abandoned and probably was a student's bike who left for the summer, right? Mm-hmm. And ju- it was just left there. I don't f- – you're right that it wasn't his and it's kind of like ethically maybe in a little bit of a gray area. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of a victimless crime at this point. So I, I don't know. So how did he get it un unchained? Or it was whatever? never chained. Oh, it was just parked. Yeah. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. And it, like the tires I really, were I flat. Mean, it kind of was just abandoned. I don't. Yeah. And I even feel like they put the notices, thinking like this will get the sucker to move it, and mm-hmm. it didn't. And they're like, ah, oh, shit! Now we have to confiscate this. We didn't want to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think yeah. that they even wanted to like. Well, according to Armando, he thinks okay, this is his big argument as well that all the cops are going to do was take it and clean it up and sell it themselves. I guess the cops have a, a bike sale at a certain point during the year where all huh. the bikes that they found are done impounded or whatever they, they sell them, you know, yeah, to raise money for some sort of thing. Like, well, they were going to sell it anyway, so I'm going to take it for myself, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You know what? My strangely. The person with the wisest approaches was my parents. What did they say? Well, they were like you. Because my, my dad was like, how do you know that somebody didn't graduate? Just left it there for the next person, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, then they were like, you know, if Armando wants to do right by God, because, you know, they're religious, mm-hmm. he needs to pay it forward. And then when he's yeah. done with the bike, he gives it to somebody else. Yes. And so Armando agreed to that. Okay. I think yeah. that that's a great solution to it. Um, I like stealing a bike. 
like mm-hmm. actually stealing it. Yeah. He you would be riding around worried that like, oh, someone's going to recognize my bike mm-hmm. as theirs and I'm going to get in a fight. And you would have to like carry that weight around. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in this situation, he's not carrying that around. Yeah. He can be, you know what I mean? Like if someone confronts him, he's like, hey, I, you know, your bike was parked there on, I, there was these notices. Mm-hmm. So I've been riding it. Want it back? Yeah. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Like uh, he, I think yeah. he's kind of in the clear. Yeah. I think, well, look, it, the school year's almost over. You know, and he had it the whole school year. Uh, So that that, at the end of the year, he's just going to give it to somebody. Or next year, he's going to give it to a freshman. Yeah. So anyway, Uh, why is that boring? That like, (laughs) I'm trying to go through my week. Let's see. Monday, I just stayed home and worked. Tuesday and Wednesday, I worked. Thursday was RuPaul's Drag Race. I worked. Friday, RuPaul's Drag Race all day. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then yes, well, yesterday I went with you know Armando came to town for the weekend. Oh, I will say this. Oh my god! So have you ever heard Armando talk? Um, yeah, he yeah, did he, the he, episode. Yeah, yeah, he had, he had kind of a very I'll use the term urban accent, right? Okay. So yesterday we went to Disneyland, but John Paul wasn't feeling well, so we actually went with John Paul. You're saying like he could leave, and we could we could have Ubered back to our cars because we didn't park there. Um and um, but we just left with John Paul. The park was kind of crowded. We were there for three hours, whatever, right? Yeah, and it's a perfect amount of time. It really kind of is well, actually. We got a couple on a busy rides. day though. Like go on one ride. <laughs> we went on one ride. We went on one yeah. ride and walked around the park and got an ice cream. Okay. So we go back to the cars, and then we go. I go. So Armando was like, "Well, what are we gonna do?" And so I'm like, "Do you want to come back to my parents' house? You know, hang out and chill?" And they're like, "Yeah." So they came, and we were watching. They did our. It was so weird. Like they did their homework. They had because they have finals coming up, you know. And then afterwards, they were like, "Oh, can we watch RuPaul's Drag Race?" And we're like, "Yeah." And it was during RuPaul's Drag Race. My parents had been out all day. They my parents came home. And so they got to meet Armando, and it was so it was so funny watching Armando meet my mom, because both of them put on these weird voices. <laughs> I was like, "Who are these people talking to each other?" Yeah. My mom was like, "Hey, hey, nice to meet you. I've had so many nice things about you." And then yeah. he was like, "Oh, well," because usually he's like, "What are you doing?" I don't know what what you're doing. I don't know why you're talking like that, right? And then he was like, oh, hello. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and I'm like, who's this? And he's like, oh, yes. I really do enjoy going to Stanford. And uh-huh. blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, she's like, oh, baby, you like going to Stanford? Oh, you must be studying so I'm so proud of you. And I was like, who are these people talking to each other? I don't know either person talking. It's like. I don't, it's like a, a weird, I think this movie Us with Jordan Peele is like this. It was like two people that look like the people I know, but they're they're not talking to each other. I don't know who's talking to each other. It was the yeah. weirdest thing I, ever. I have, I know people that do that. Steve was much, was like that. Oh, was and he? And it wasn't like, it wasn't a fake voice. It mm-hmm. was just a different voice that he used for different things. You well, know? It, it's so funny. In comedy, you run into this a lot too. Like, um, well, first of all, that happened to me. Right, and it's something I couldn't control. I hated. Like I'm talking to you now. This is why I like podcasting so much more. I could never do a stand up. Like this is how I talk in real life for the most part. And then on on the stage, I get up there like this weird voice like that. And then also like my friend Melissa McQueen, 
She has one voice, but her stand-up voice is completely different from her real voice. And then we knew this girl, Sarah Tiana, who I guess is popular now. I was just talking about this the other day. When Brody Stevens died, okay, they were, you know, the, the I don't know who does this, like Variety or someone like that does like, uh, here's what celebrities are saying about people who die, right? Mm-hmm. And they just, they just go through Twitter and they just republish people who have like uh, verified check marks on Twitter. I know these two people well. One is Johnny LaQuasto, and two is Sarah Tiana, and they're verified on Twitter? Why? Why are they verified on Twitter? Anyway, Sarah Tiana, if you talk to Sarah Tiana in real life, she, this is how she talks. Like, you know, hi, I'm Sarah Tiana, right? And then she gets on stage, and she's like, hi, y'all, I'm Sarah Tiana. And I'm like, we always were just like, who's this person on stage? Why is she talking like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so people get different voices. What do you think that is? I don't I feel like so Steve did it like around people uh, like he had like a formal voice mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Okay. So like when he would talk to my parents, he met my parents. Mm-hmm. And he just I don't know uses fewer contractions. Mm-hmm. Just kind of you know what I mean like the the tone is a little different. Yeah. It's not fake or anything. He just kind of like is a little more guarded and his language is different. Which voice it, did I get? No, and you got formal voice. Like, oh, I did? It, yeah, I think it might have something to do with his own kind of like nerves or like mm-hmm. anxiety. So like, not that he was nervous to meet you, but like... Well, he is me- meeting podcasting superstar Joe Batanz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know what I mean? Like first meeting, he kind of yeah. was a little more formal. Second was probably more relaxed. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it relaxes. Mm-hmm. He has that. And I think it does him well. Like for a while he was doing some customer service stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, I think that that part of it, like that voice kind of was part of his job too. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? He's just like nice and like real passive in very I would, to, I would love to know what real Steve sounded like. He's just more relaxed and like, that's all. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, like I'm saying, it's not a fake voice. It's just a different version of it. Uh, wait, hold on for a sec. Excuse me. Breaking news. I just checked the Amazon wish list. We have one more book purchase. And now we're yeah. only two books short on this uh, book telethon we're doing today on Catching Up. Okay. That's amazing. That's amazing. Just even, even the fact that one time in this short time, Mike Lawson, somebody has bought a book that's amazing. Thank you, whoever's listening who did that. We're just two books short now. Okay. Here's another thing, weird thing, too. So my brother asked me to house, my brother and my sister-in-law asked me to house it for them, you know, this yeah. weekend. But here's the thing, it has nothing to do with their house. I just like being in my own bed, okay? Mm-hmm. I just like being in my own bed. So I do, so because they have these two old dogs, and uh, and they, even when they tell, they don't, they, they want me to stay there. But their, like, whole thing is, like, they're super easy, you know, you just have to, like, feed them in the morning and let them go poop, pee and poop, and then at night let them go pee and poop. They, like, literally, that's all they need, Right. Yeah, same as me. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, oh, easy. So so I spend the days there, okay? But at night, I go home, okay? So I get there yesterday, and, like, I'm just really annoyed. I have a lot. Actually, today's a very similar day. I just have a lot going on yesterday. And I get there in the morning. I'm just like fucking pissed. And the dogs, you know, they're like being annoying. And then I notice one dog's not eating her food. And then she kind of is. And then it's like they go outside and they're peeing and pooping. And then like I notice the one that's not eating her food is eating grass. 
I don't know anything about dogs, but I know that's not good. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm already complaining to my mom about it. Oh, come over here and kick out our dogs. They should go fucking just pay for a kennel. Blah, 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 right? So I call my sister and I go, um, I go, um, oh, you know, uh, the dog is eating grass. And she's like, hmm, did she eat her food? I'm all, yeah, she ate it very slowly. And she goes, oh, she's old. She eats her, do- her food slowly. She goes, like, she goes, oh, okay. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, she goes, you know, sometimes she eats grass. She's old. She goes, but she is going to throw up. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to fucking clean dog yeah. vomit, right? And then she goes, yeah, so anyway. Um, okay, well, did you see what we left for you? I'm like, <gasps> no, what? Mike Lawson. She goes, an Apple Watch? Oh, Joey. And I go, uh, she goes, but is it okay? It's only Series 3. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, no, bitch. Out of here. Take care of your own fucking dogs. So how dare like, you? Yeah, how dare you, ma'am? Anyway, yeah, so I got an Apple Watch for feeding the dogs and stuff like that. Oh, my God. That's so nice of them. Yeah. That's by so the nice way, if you can buy a book for uh, undergrad prep, that would be great. Uh, go to undergradprep.org. <laughs> I'll get a notification on this watch. That yeah, on this brand new uh, Apple Watch Series Three that I got, I'll get a notification <laughs> that uh, that you uh, bought a book. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I felt like an, I felt like a total asshole. Like I wasn't really that mad. I was just really annoyed, you yeah. know. And so, uh, so they, they eat grass, so they throw up. Like yeah, you know, that's yeah, that's. Like, that's what my my sister in law was saying. Yeah, like you and I can stick a finger down her throat. A dog can't, so they eat some grass and then it makes them. Bleh. Oh, really? Which is so funny because this morning, I didn't see any throw up anywhere. Cause I've been there all day yesterday, and I let him out last night, and I came home, and I went this morning, and there was no. Th- and because they're in a, not, they're in like my my brother has a very open um, four floor plan. And with like a mm-hmm. hallway that like a there's like a wing there's like two wings so I closed them off from the two wings but they have like so when I say they were in a room like they're like in a gigantic room okay FYI yeah, yeah. but there was no vomit anywhere that I saw in the in the big room and so like um but she okay. anyway this morning she ate all her food very quickly and was eating the other dog's food so okay whatever it was solved itself um. All right, so uh, are you ready for uh, the news, Mike Lawson? Yeah, tell me. What do you got? From the mountains to the sea to all of California, this is the Catching Up News Report. Okay, so there's no need for us to really tell the story about this college admissions cheating scandal. I mean, it was the big story this week. But just like a brief, brief, brief one-sentence review is on Tuesday, the FBI had held a news conference that they had busted a college admissions uh, cheating ring run by a guy named Rick Singer out of Newport Beach, California. And he was helping wealthy people either cheat on the SAT and ACT or get and or um, bribe officials to get into uh, the colleges that they, the elite colleges they wanted to get into. And wrapped up in this were a lot of very notable people, two of whom were Felicity Huffman, the actress, and uh, Lori Laughlin from Full House and Hallmark Channel, strangely. And, uh, and obviously, uh, you know, this is a, I won, I lived in Newport Beach for almost 20 years and ran a test prep business in Newport Beach for like, I ran the business for 10 of those years. So before we get into my thoughts or anything, does Mike Lawson, what were your thoughts? What were you thinking when you saw this? 
I mean, no surprise. Yeah. I also, I mean, I worked in test prep not nearly as long as you have. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not even close. Mm -hmm. But I I mean, I I have been in those homes in South Orange County where, Mm -hmm. you know, they're paying me to like help a kid get a score. Yeah. Paying me a lot, a Mm -hmm. lot of money to help a kid get a score. So I like, I know that I already knew that that world kind of was there. Mm-hmm. This is maybe a step further than, you know, anything I was involved in for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm not surprised that it exists. I mean, companies like, you know, these college prep companies exist and I, I'm not a fool. I knew what they were doing. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I guess this is maybe just evidence of like how far it went. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that, you know, these companies are, we're doing that work. I just didn't know maybe kind of the extent of it. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I do think they were. I think. Well, it's so funny. I wouldn't necessarily say they were an outlier, but uh, but yes. Like in other words, even some of the things that were going on, I've seen for years. Like for instance, yeah, the faking ADHD to get extra time on the SAT and ACT. God, that is the fuck. That trope is as old as time. You know, sure. uh, that I mean that is something that like it. I always thought it was the weirdest fucking thing ever. Like, for a couple of reasons, not to get too into the weeds, but I would have these parents who, when I would show up to teach their kid, would be like, not necessarily. There's not technically a paper ticket you get. You can, but like they'd be like, yeah, "We got it, we got it, we got it, we got the extra time." Meanwhile, their kid's completely fine, right? Right. And uh, right. we got we got the extra time. Here's the funny thing with that. Extra time actually makes your yeah. life harder. It does not make For it some like, kids. Yeah, yeah, but like it. it I, can, I don't want to get into the weeds of that. But like, it's not the greatest thing in the world. But they thought it was the greatest, most fantastic thing in the world. That they got extra time sure. on this test. Well, like some kids, you're teaching to just like skip questions that are too hard if they're like, yeah, yeah, not, you're right. You know what I mean? Depending on the score, right? Especially yeah, the kids who specifically yeah, they could stare at the test. They could stare at the question for three hours and are going to get yeah. the question. So um, so anyway, there was but that's gone on for years and years and years, right? Now this Rick Singer guy was using that though to control the, where they were going to take a test, right. and then using that to help cheat on the test. Now that's a, that's a level we haven't seen. What's funny is I was talking because I was like. Wow, I ran a test prep company in Newport Beach at the same time as this guy, and I never heard of him. And so I thought, oh, well, just Joe out of the loop, you know? Mm-hmm. And no, but I talked to a friend of the show, Kate Doyle, uh, who had talked to, you know, who's still in contact with all our old Princeton Review peers, and um, nobody had heard of him. Mm-hmm. So I think this, I think that this was sort of a sham operation that, uh, you you didn't go for real college counseling to this guy. Maybe you did, but right. like you only it was a, it was a front that he was running, gotcha. and that's why only people who knew who were in the know used it. Now here's another weird thing. And today I'm actually going to Malibu for a pizza party. Right. The reason okay. I bring this up, and this is where it's weird. And let's talk about this. Is I don't know this Felicity Huffman. I don't never met her. Right. But Mercedes and Chris are friendly with her, okay? Yeah. And one of the people who goes to the pizza party, who I won't even name, is really good friends with her. Re- like, really, yeah. really good friends, okay? And Do you bring it up? Well, I know I don't bring it up. But, like, it's one of these things that for years – I hope, but I hope they bring it up. It's one <laughs> of these things that for years I've only heard about what a kind, wonderful person – Felicity Huffman is, right? 
Um, sure. uh, once again, in fact, and of course, you're going to understand what I'm saying in a second. I don't know if anybody else will. Maybe this is why I'm so fond of a Felicity Huffman. Is Mercedes had told me once, so I'm going to turn my video on for a second, Mike Lawson, because I want to show you something. And I'll describe to everybody what I'm doing. But um, you, you've seen this whole thing that kids do. Uh, tell me if you can see me when I turn the video on here. Can you see me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know that thing where kids go when they go like this, when they like put their – I don't even know how to describe this look for like a nerd yeah. where you take – You um, yeah. you you use – you put your forefinger and your thumb into a circle and put it upside down and turn it into glasses. Yes. So the other three fingers are kind of like along your cheeks. Yes. All right. Perfect. That's like the nerd, right? Well, I yeah. came up one time because sometimes Chris, Chris inadvertently – he's not trying to do it – will say something very snotty. Where he'll be like, oh, well, you know, when I was at Oxford or something like that. He didn't go to Oxford. He went to Cambridge. When I was at Cambridge, you only got a piece of cheese if you did wore spurs or something like that, right? By the way, it's true. And so whenever he gets into one of those – or tells a story about how, like, he went to a party where you could only get there by a plane because the, the island, the moat would go up. It's a whole thing, right? Gross, whenever yeah. he does those stories, right, I look at Mercedes and I go like this. Like, I just yeah. do – it's the same thing, but I just do a monocle. That yeah. means Chris is telling one of his snotty I grew up in England stories. Yeah. So Mercedes told Felicity Huffman that showed her, and she thought it was so funny. And she told Mercedes, like, oh my God. And Mercedes told me, oh, my friend Joe came up. She's like, I need to meet him. He sounds like the funniest person ever. Right. So of course, I'm already immediately in love with Felicity Huffman, right? So yeah. maybe that's why. But um, but the point is, it's weird because it's it's, I have this weird duality because I don't know Lori Laughlin. I don't know anything about her. I'm like, oh, fuck that bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> that bitch she doesn't stupid think you're kids. funny. Huh? She doesn't think you're funny. Yeah, she doesn't think I'm funny. Fuck her. She's under prison, right? Yeah. Um, but And so, like, and her awful daughters and the horrible videos they make, right? But, well, it's uh, weird. Like, do we have to cancel everyone who does everything, anything wrong? Oh, well, we're going to get into this in a second. Yeah. Okay. But the whole thing really quickly wrapped to put a, uh, to close this loop right here is I have much more sympathy for Felicity Huffman. And I realize it's my own bias because she thinks I'm funny, you sure. know? And so I'm like, oh, poor Felicity Huffman. I feel like really sorry for her. I, I was talking to John Paul yesterday. I'm all like, do you think Felicity Huffman's okay after this? Like, she has a career? Like, I didn't even care about Lori Laughlin. She's on Hallmark Channel, right? So I've never been a Lori – like, there's nothing Lori Laughlin's been in that I've enjoyed, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Felicity Huffman, however, I do enjoy a lot. So I, I have more sympathy for her, too, just because of the work. And Well, but I think you're speaking to why technically Lori Laughlin's done. And I think Felicity Huffman, you give her two or three years, four years – yeah. Does a big Oprah interview and she's back in good grace. I mean, look, Mel Gibson's back. <laughs> like, right. like, and he did way worse stuff. And I think on some level, people understand it's wrong and we're going to laugh at you and stuff like that. But I think people understand, like, it, 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 it was ultimately trying to help her child. Yes, you're cheating and doing something illegal. And you know what? You know who put it best, actually? Did you read the op ed by David Mamet? Uh, no. Okay. He wrote a very short op-ed. He's really good friends with them, right? And he wrote an op-ed saying what wonderful people they were, but still being critical of what they did. Mm-hmm. You know? and he, It's hard and, to do. That's really hard to yeah, do. Yeah, it's really, but he's an amazing writer, so he was able to do it. And what's funny, he goes, and he, he ended with this, but he said, like, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I'm going to end with the, I think he called it like a Texas verdict or something like that. Whereas it was like, uh, you're not guilty, but don't do it again. 
Mm. You know, and but he he so he it was a very well written like sort of like these are my friends I love them I don't like what they did but um, but they are ultimately very good people and they have a life of being good people and they made a really bad choice and that's the thing is like one of the things I worry about not just with this is are we at a place now where you you fuck up once and you're just done no matter right. what the fuck up is. It's rough. That's rough. I mean, we we talked about this with Woody Allen two mm-hmm. weeks ago, right? Yeah. Uh, on this on this very show, maybe it was in an after breakfast, but mm-hmm. um, it's very similar. I think part of it is I've heard someone else describe this as it's not an original thought of mine, but like I guess maybe what we're doing is trying to create justice if our kind of like justice system is failing. So mm-hmm. like some of these kind of like. Um, me too men who are you know doing their creepy thing Mm -hmm. we struggle because we don't feel that they're getting their they're not getting kind of the justice that they deserve so therefore we feel weird Mm -hmm. supporting the art continuing to support the art Mm -hmm. maybe and so like our way of justice is like canceling them you know and so i don't know i feel like felicity huffman's is she gonna get jail time do we know no I mean, technically she could. I doubt she will. But here's the yeah. part where they really fucked up. This is the part where they really fucked up, so I don't know, is this Rick Singer guy fa- made a non-profit. Okay? Yeah. He found a non-profit. So they would pay the non-profit. They wouldn't pay him, right? like, personally. They'd pay a non-profit, uh, and he would use the yeah. money from the non-profit to then bribe everybody. And it was supposed to go towards poor kid. But then what's even worse is then they wrote it off on their taxes. They right. pulled this scam and they wrote it off on their taxes. And the one thing you know and I know, you don't fuck with the IRS. Yeah. <laughs> and so they might be fucked. Right. I don't know. I don't uh, know. In unrelated news, go donate money at undergradprep.org. <laughs> well, that was another funny thing. Is the mission <laughs> statement for his fake nonprofit was like literally our mission yeah. statement. It was like... You know, key key prep or whatever it's called, key counseling services offers uh you know free test prep and college counseling to underprivileged students. And I was like, uh huh, exactly what we do. <laughs> Good cover. <laughs> Cut to everyone finds like the ACT book website that I run where I sell ACT books. Yeah. For cheap, I'm like, hey, I got I just got five SAT books. <laughs> Um, so um Lori Roggenkamp says she was hoping this would be an in-depth look at colleges and how they are inherently a fraudulent company but now it's just turning into Lori Laughlin's daughters. Well no, she brings up a good point. Well look there's a there's a lot of misinformation that goes on there. Uh too bad, you know, I know Jen Mendel listens but she listens later. Mm-hmm. And our friend Jen Mendel runs a very nice, wonderful, uh, legit. honest, legit college counseling company in Los Angeles. And uh, so she would have a lot to say here. But one of the things – okay. One, I do think that this shines a light on why we need affirmative action because you see – oh, and I have another good story after that too. You see the other side. You see like – yeah, the, the, it's not like there's this merit-based system and then affirmative action is like turning that upside down. It's – there right. is this whole other not merit-based, totally unfair system for letting kids into these colleges that you need to balance with affirmative action. But outside of that, what I don't like that they that they say is like that these kids they make it seem like Lori Laughlin's daughters, by pretending to be on the sailing team, took the place of 
a Latino a girl. Like, pardon me? A real sailor, for it, sure. A real sailor, for sure, but let's, we'll come back to that in a second. But they try and make it seem like, oh, you took the place of a person of color who was poor. Unfortunately, with the way colleges are set up, and this is – so the real issue is should college sports get slots automatically, they can just put people in for admission, you know? Um, because, yeah, the, the, they took they – took, they took the position of another rich kid who ha- can afford sailing team, you know? Um, which, look, that other kid probably deserved it more, but still, it's not as quid pro quo as they took the position right. of, like, oh, an Armando. Right, right, right. So, um, but, so the real argument there is, is it even fair for, col- for, for college sports coaches to have slots that they can just fill with whoever they want to fill in, you know? Right. And that's a bigger question. I mean, I think your, your nonprofit is kind of addressing this, but, like, the simple kind of, like, prep of... You know, studying for the SAT is almost like an elite thing. Like, Mm -hmm. if anything, like even just buying books can be, you know, impossible or a barrier too high for some families. Mm -hmm. And that's studying on your own. And that's not going to be, you know, bear as much fruit as taking a college prep course with a professional like you. Yeah. And so, I I don't know. College admissions, I think, has always been um, or has for, for a while now has been kind of easier for richer kids no you're right this i mean this is just maybe like oh it's gone this far it's you know this is the extent of it again like i'm not surprised it's just i knew that this was happening but maybe just seeing it kind of explicitly is like i don't know not surprising at all yeah hold on breaking news mike lawson we are up to 15 books Jesus, really? Yeah, we just need one more book and we are there. But uh, look, ultimately, we can just, I mean, we always have the money to buy the books, but like, uh, we, we'll, if, if it doesn't happen, it's done. The campaign is done. But look, to fill that one book would be fantastic by the end of the show. And the show's ending in a couple minutes. Here's the one thing I will say. Here's another weird thing. The day it happened, I was like, oh, this is interesting, blah, 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 blah. And all the thoughts I've told you were going through my brain. And. Then I started getting a flurry of text messages and phone calls from relatives or people that I, you know, from the in, yeah. the, the business I work at, who were scared. Well, it makes sense. They were scared because they thought you were involved. No, no, I didn't. I didn't think of this consequence. They were scared because to them, they thought. To s- everyone thought, okay, if you're really rich, you buy a building, your kid gets in. But no one knew and were shocked about this whole, the level people were going to. So it reminded them of the inequity in the system. And so they were became scared, like, well, if that's what's going on at that level, do I even have a chance? And so uh-huh. they were sending me uh, f- uh, screenshots of their kids' report cards. And then, by the way, the kids are like in eighth grade or freshmen and asking me, does this kid have a chance to go to college? And like, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. And so, like, people were scared, or people that, like, because, you know, my brother's running now a for-profit test prep company that I'm helping him with, and uh, th- those clients were all of a sudden, maybe they were kind of lax about signing up. Boom. They were signing up left and right. I actually just recommended one of them. He called me the day of this this scandal to get um, our friend Mike Craig's number, you know, to use him for college counseling services. Like, he... Everybody was now way more aware of college admissions and test prep that day and scared about it. So, 
Yeah, it, it's really had this weird effect, and uh, I wonder if, if it's going to change anything. What do you got going on next week, Joey? Next week, um, well, today Adam Vaught is in town, so I'm going to see him today, and we're going to go to the pizza party together. Uh, also, uh, I think that's the only thing I have going on next week, actually. Cool. What about you? Uh, I'm just going to turn 38. That's oh, that's be right! A Oh yeah. my gosh! What do you want for your birthday? Um, I'll, I, I nothing. <laughs> I'm doing like a weird art project thing that I'm going to talk about next week a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also putting together like my web portfolio, so maybe we could talk a little bit about that next week when it's like ready for public to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, that's what I want is your support on that. Um, and that's it. And so birthday, and then I'm just kind of like, again, just keeping my I, head I down. I know what I'm going to get you. What's that? Do you know any, like, how do I put this? It's not, it's not bad. But, like, uh, I, I, I have no need for a diabetes kid's book, right? But is yeah. there, like, a place where I could, like, oh, well, if you, if you can buy a, a diabetes kid's book that you wrote and illustrated – and send it to this organization and they work with diabetes kids or something like that. Or buy a bunch of those books and send them to Dolly. You know, Dolly Parton gives up books, you know? You know what? That's actually a really good idea. Like I, I on the website, I could create something where people do that. And then I distribute them to like clinics that sign up. Like there's also a sign up form. So like mm-hmm. get a free book or buy a book for a clinic or something. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Okay. Because I want to buy your um, book, but I don't want I don't, to. I don't need a fucking type one diabetes kids book lying around. Yeah. Do you have a type right, two one right. though? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. <laughs> it's right. it's well, just it me. Nice. It's like little me walking around going like, Mommy, get on my Twinkies. It's in Spanish. You don't speak Spanish. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. It was nice catching up with you, Joey. Go to hell, Mike Lawson. <laughs> Bye. for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Contact Mike and Joe and listen to all of their old episodes at catchinguppodcast.com. Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at podcast. Follow Mike Lawson on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Mike Lawson and follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. The theme song was written and performed by Rich Green, and the closing music was arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. I'm your Auntie Vera Charles saying farewell until the next time Mike and Joe call one another and catch up. It's what they do every single week. Without fail, they never miss a week. <laughs> <laughs>